Hello listeners and welcome to this Vetfolio educational podcast brought to you in part by Zoetis. We're pleased that you've decided to join us as we explore the topic of minimizing preoperative vomiting and maximizing postoperative care. This is a two-part series featuring guest speakers Dr. Ralph Harvey and Heidi Rouse-Lemke. Our first session will explore preoperative vomiting and postoperative return to feeding with Dr. Harvey. Dr. Harvey teaches anesthesia and pain management in the Department of Small Animal Clinical Sciences at the University of Tennessee College of Veterinary Medicine in Knoxville, Tennessee. He previously served as the section head for the Small Animal Surgical Services and as a member of the University Faculty Senate. His veterinary degree is from UTCVM and his postgraduate training included internships, residency, and fellowship at Cornell Veterinary and Medical Colleges. Dr. Harvey has worked in private small animal practice and he is certified as a specialist by the American College of Veterinary Anesthesiology and Analgesia. He has served as their executive secretary and on the board of directors. He is currently a member of the Fear Free Advisory Board. Listeners, please note that the information provided in this session is intended to provide you with practical and timely information to assist you as a veterinary professional. The views and opinions provided are those of our presenters and do not necessarily represent the views, opinions, or policies of Vetfolio or its sponsors. Now let's dive into our session with our guest speaker, Dr. Harvey. Thank you, Matthew. I welcome this opportunity to speak with everyone. Thank you all for joining us today and for donating your time to this important topic. My task is to discuss perioperative care as it relates to vomiting. Perioperative care certainly includes more than just our selection of anesthetic and analgesic medications. The prevention of vomiting and the postoperative return to feeding are the focus of our discussion today as important determinants of a successful clinical outcome. I'll try to focus on five related topics as we work to provide the best care for our patients. First, as we always try to relieve suffering, it is important to remember that vomiting is misery. Second topic, the routine use of the anti-emetic meropitant effectively addresses important goals in perioperative management. The third topic, there are newly developing options in perioperative fasting that can be a real game changer for us in clinical care. Fourth, perioperative opioids convey many benefits, but also some undesirable effects that we can control. And finally, number five, the impact of implementing these suggestions is revealed when we briefly review published data on perioperative meropitant in spay and neuter surgery. For a very long time, vomiting has been a sadly routine part of anesthesia and surgery. Many clinicians, including myself years ago, have held the opinion that vomiting conveyed some benefit by emptying the stomach. But we know that many patients can vomit multiple times, and there is a risk of aspiration. And we know from the human experience that vomiting really is misery. As we work to relieve suffering and stressors in veterinary medical care, the prevention of vomiting is an appropriate focus for real improvement. In the experience of human patients, it is clear and sometimes all too personal that perioperative vomiting is a terrible occurrence. We can all imagine the suffering of repeated dry heaves made substantially worse in an environment away from the security of home and perhaps an environment perceived to be threatening, along with some injury or illness that necessitates medical and surgical procedures. 
to be in that situation for a veterinary patient really sets the stage for escalation of serious complications. And these include marked distress, fear, and anxieties, undesirable behaviors like inappropriate aggression, and of course, the greatly increased risk of pulmonary aspiration that can lead to life-threatening pneumonia. Airway protection with skillfully placed endotracheal tubes is the key to prevention of pulmonary aspiration. Perioperative nausea and vomiting constitutes a deleterious iatrogenic syndrome in both human and veterinary medicine. It is awful, it is unnecessary, it brings no benefit, and we can prevent it. Outpatient anesthesia is a typical standard of care in veterinary medicine for many procedures and in many hospital settings. Patients are received and discharged the same day for an increasing variety of procedures. Contemporary anesthetic and surgical care makes this possible with substantial benefits for our patients, clients, and for our hospitals. Our anesthetic and analgesic agents and techniques are increasingly suited to outpatient care. We can achieve rapid recovery and excellent pain management without prolonged hospitalization. The goal is to effectively relieve anxiety, fear, stress, and pain to promptly send patients home where they might best continue their recovery. We are increasingly better able to achieve these goals and to make our patients more comfortable when we send them home. But I believe that we could do better through consistently implementing these improvements in perioperative management as a routine in our clinical care. Through the application of multimodal or balanced strategies for anesthesia and analgesia, we reduce reliance on larger doses of many anesthetic medications to achieve our goals for safety and a better quality of recovery in a timely fashion. The current clinical challenge presented by the opioid shortages has encouraged a highly beneficial emphasis on the generous use of local and regional anesthetic techniques as a central or principal means of controlling surgical pain. The American Animal Hospital Association pain management guidelines that were updated in 2015 emphasize that every time we take a patient to surgery, we should strongly consider the use of local anesthetics to achieve these goals and a variety of associated benefits. We still do incorporate opioids for their many benefits. And now the prevention of perioperative vomiting as a key part of an improved standard of perioperative care can be achieved through the use of meropinant as a powerful and highly effective antiemetic. Perioperative management sets the stage for optimal medical care and case completion. This includes informed consent and client instructions for care that often begins before the patient arrives at the veterinary hospital. The typical recommendations for feeding or fasting are being reconsidered for many animal species and certainly for our small animal patients. Published data now clearly shows that fasting does not guarantee an empty stomach. We all have the experience with fasted patients vomiting undigested stomach contents, and some patients will vomit multiple times. Furthermore, fasting overnight unfortunately increases the acidity of the gastric contents, which may increase the risk of acid reflux and esophageal damage. Fasting certainly stresses our patients and strains the human-animal bond while the patient is being separated from the client for our veterinary procedures. Many experts now recommend less severe fasting with perhaps a small meal in the morning and the carefully considered administration of oral medications with small feedings. Others will still instruct clients to fast that patient overnight but retain the option of preoperative small feedings, oral medications, and treats for use once the patient is in the hospital. 
One of the most popular features of the fear-free patient management strategies is offering high-value treats like spray cheese or peanut butter or other small treats. This option raises a question regarding the appropriateness of using small oral treats before anesthesia, administering oral medications, and also administering those oral preoperative medications in a food treat. This is a developing area for revision of our standard procedures. Skillful airway management is always emphasized to preclude complications. Thereby, the option conservative feeding rather than strict fasting, the option of oral medications, and the option of limited treats can all be welcomed. Our current era of opioid shortages encourages clinicians to be creative in achieving good pain control. It is not just convenient or coincidental that the non-opioid components of perioperative analgesia have fully matured as central components of multimodal analgesia. We have excellent non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs as powerful assets. Inclusion of the alpha-2 agonists in our anesthetic plans often leads to improved success. As mentioned previously, the inclusion of local anesthetic techniques can powerfully contribute to more effective, safe, and highly economical analgesia and anesthesia. The non-opioid analgesic strategies have effectively reduced perioperative reliance on high doses of opioid for many of our patients. But the opioids are still highly beneficial for most animals. We can achieve the benefits of the opioid use often with reduced doses compared with our previous standard approaches. The opioids are very well recognized to contribute to perioperative vomiting and substantial reductions in food consumption. Opioid administration contributes to ileus and also to reducing postoperative food consumption. Many human patients really abhor the perioperative nausea and vomiting associated with opioids, even to the extent that they would rather skip their opioids and tolerate the resulting pain than to take their opioids and endure the nausea and vomiting. Our colleague, Dr. Bonnie Hay Krauss at Iowa State College of Veterinary Medicine, surveyed clients and reported in 2015 the client's strong desire for veterinary care that prevents perioperative vomiting in their pets. The surveyed clients were very much both willing to pay and willing to stay longer as needed for us to provide medication to avoid vomiting. A strong base of literature has grown in support of preoperative administration of moropotent. One of these important studies was reported by Ramsey in 2014 in a trial of moropotents for spays and neuters in dogs. Meropotent was administered at a dose of one milligram per kilogram by subcutaneous injection in a group of 15 treatment dogs that were compared to a matched group of 16 saline-injected control dogs, with all subjects receiving morphine as a pre-anesthetic medication 45 minutes later. Vomiting events were recorded for 30 minutes until propofol induction of anesthesia. Each dog underwent a routine spay or routine neuter under general anesthesia with isoflurane. Voluntary food intake was measured for 20 hours postoperatively in order to evaluate the time to return of normal feeding and the total amount of food that was consumed. None of the meropsin-treated dogs vomited, but 93.8% of placebo-treated dogs vomited at 5 or 10 minutes after the administration of morphine. And of these dogs, 60% of them vomited more than once. 
40% did vomit once, 33.3% vomited twice, and 26.7% of the dogs that just received morphine did not receive meropsin, vomited three times. This reminds me of that too often reported human patient experience of perioperative nausea and vomiting. And I believe that client experience on an individual basis drives the survey results showing the strong preference of our clients to avoid perioperative vomiting in their animals when they're presented to the veterinarian. The data that's available on return to feeding in this study is indeed impressive and is actually what first convinced me to routinely incorporate the use of meropsant in my own anesthetic plans. Normal dry diet was offered to these dogs beginning at two hours. Food consumption recorded at two, three, six, and at 20 hours postoperatively. The return to spontaneous feeding was set at a consumption of 100 grams or more of their own routine dry diet. The total amount of food that was consumed by 20 hours was also recorded. The incidence of a spontaneous return to feeding, and that is, again, the consumption of at least 100 grams of their dry food, that return to spontaneous feeding in the meropsin-treated dogs was over 90.1%. That is more than twice what was recorded for the placebo group, which was only 41.7%. The total mean food consumption in the meropsin treated dogs was 4.85 times greater than in the saline treated group of control dogs. It is a medical priority for many of our patients to return to feeding. Our perioperative goals include the avoidance of hypoglycemia, particularly in higher risk groups like the very young patients with diabetes and those with liver insufficiency and decreased glycogen reserves. Return to spontaneous feeding supports the many essential functions of the gastrointestinal tract, and it is our goal to return patients to normal feeding again after surgery and anesthesia, and it is a highly significant priority in reinforcing the human-animal bond. Indeed, it's said that food is love. The benefits provided as we prevent vomiting and return food consumption contribute meaningfully to the delivery of our best medical care. These are some value-added choices that we can make for our patients and for our clients. Implementing these choices helps to distinguish the quality of care that we provide in our individual hospitals. In deciding how we will provide the best medical care, there are many choices to be made. Relaying to our clients the value of everything that we do is essential and deserves special attention. My trusted colleague and friend, Heidi Royce Lemke, a veterinary technician specialist in anesthesia, analgesia, and surgery, will share with you her perspective on that issue and more. Thank you for your time. Dr. Harvey, thank you for your time and for sharing your insights with our listeners today. Thank you to our listeners for spending time with us. We hope that you found the information shared today useful. If you would like to learn more about this topic, please be sure to check out a related program, which you can access from vetfolio.com. Thank you to our podcast sponsor, Zoetis, for their support. And listeners, let us know what you thought about this session or what topics you would like to hear on a future podcast. You can connect with the Vetfolio team by emailing us at support at vetfolio.com.